Hello, thanks for choosing to listen to this drama. This is a quick message before we get started, but I promise I'll be brief. I'm Noel from Boxtail Soup, and if you don't know us, we're a UK theatre company creating original adaptations with a unique style. Have a look at our website for more. At the beginning of 2020, we had a full calendar and possibly our busiest and most exciting year ahead. But of course, when COVID-19 arrived, everything changed for almost everyone. For us, that meant all performances were cancelled and no shows means no income from tickets at all. Since we couldn't get out and perform, we decided to create the piece of work you're listening to now. It's a new format for us and we've learned a lot of new skills along the way. After a lot of discussion, we decided to make this available without an upfront cost so that anyone could enjoy it no matter what their circumstances. During the lockdown, some people are doing okay financially and some people have lost work and don't have anything to spare. Believe me, we understand that. However, this recording isn't free. It's taken us a lot of time and effort to put it together, so what we're asking for in return is your help. If you can afford the price of a ticket, we hope you'll make a £5 donation. And maybe if two of you listen together, perhaps you can make that £5 each. If you can afford to, and you'd like to support the company further, please consider becoming a patron and making a regular donation every month. That would make a huge difference in helping Boxtail Soup survive this crisis to keep making work in the future. And it also gives you access to a few goodies that aren't available anywhere else. And if you don't have any money, if you can't afford to make any donation, we still hope that you'll listen and enjoy the show. There's another way to help us. Spread the word, share the show, Tweet about it, Facebook, Instagram about it, talk to other people face-to-face about it, let them know, and maybe they'll buy a ticket in return. We wanted to make this available for everyone, regardless of their circumstances, in the hope that if you enjoy it, you'll help in whatever way you can. We love what we do, and we hope you do too. We want to make sure Boxtail Soup is still around the next time we get a chance to perform live in front of you. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Casting the runes. Adapted by Boxtail Soup. From the short stories of M. R. James. Supernatural mythology, Professor Dunning's lecture. What a coincidence. So am I. Oh, really? Thank goodness. I was here in plenty of time, but all these corridors look the same. 
Do you know where it is? Yes, but I'm sure it'll be terribly dull. Why don't we give it a miss? Find something more exciting to do. How about an early lunch? You've heard it all before, then, I presume? Well, there's certainly nothing this fellow can teach me. Funny. Now, where's this lecture? Well, you're in the right place. Here. Good. Thank you. Do you think it's all right to go in? We're a little late. It really should have started already. I'm sure it'll be fine. They won't start without me. Well, really. And how can you be so sure of that, Mr...? Dunning. Professor Edward Dunning. Please, come in. Have a seat. The fact remains that for all of these supposed supernatural events recorded in modern times, there are none that have been subjected to proper scientific investigation without finding a perfectly ordinary and rational explanation. When we go back and examine historical records of supernatural events from past civilizations, all can be explained by the same tricks and techniques that are employed to produce these effects today. Techniques that have been used and refined by charlatans and hoaxers for hundreds of years. Now, for those of you taking my class in parapsychology, I can see, I can see your papers on my desk by the end of the week. That's all for today. See you next time. to have you back in the office, Mr Dunning. So, did you have any l luck with that American fella l last week? You know, the one who claimed to exhibit telekinesis. Thank you, Gaten. Yes, I went to see the chap. It was deeply disappointing. He didn't have an original trick in his entire repertoire. It was by the book, Fishing Wire and Magnets. Oh, good grief. You'd think they would at l least put a little effort in if they're inviting investigation. I mean, it's all very well to fool the man on the street, but... Well, exactly. Still, I took the chance to visit some old friends of mine, so it wasn't a completely wasted trip. Oh, that's something, I suppose. But will these people never l learn? Well, there'll always be someone willing to take advantage of the desperate and the gullible. Now, in the meantime, be a good chap and read me my horoscope, will you? Oh. Oh, well, what do you know? Oh, it says here you're going to buy a friend at work an expensive lunch. <laughs> See, what did I say? Complete rubbish. Now, we must get on. Will you fetch me the papers that Holden sent over? Oh, yes, of course. Oh, one more thing. I'm afraid we received yet another letter from that Mr Carswell this morning about his The Truth of Alchemy paper. But it seems he just won't get the message. I'm running out of ways to say no. Well, you know what to do. Keep it polite, keep it brief. And for God's sake, do keep my name out of it. Right you are, Mr Dunning. Dunning's office. Oh yes, miss. Just through there. Thank you. You're welcome. Hello? Hello? Professor Dunning? Oh, hello. Again. Did you enjoy the lecture? Yes, thank you. You certainly appear to have some very strong opinions, Professor. Although I'm not sure I agree with them all. Well, I see. Miss... Harrington. Rebecca Harrington. Miss Harrington, are you a student here? I don't believe I've seen you in any of my classes. No, I'm not. 
But I have a particular interest in the subject, and when I heard you were speaking today, I thought I would come and find out more. Well, it's always nice to meet a fan of my work. A fan? No. You misunderstand me, Professor. <laughs> well then, enlighten me, Miss Harrington. What can I do for you? It has come to my attention that recently you received a manuscript from a man named Carswell. Oh, yes. Mr. Carswell. As a matter of fact, we were just discussing his work. He sent us some nonsense on the subject of alchemy. It was referred to me, of course, and I dismissed it out of hand. Since then, I believe he's been bombarding us with letters, asking for our reasons and demanding my name. They won't give it to him, of course. Well, how do you come to know about this? My brother was an ontologist. He had a lot of friends on the committee. But, Mr Dunning, you must take great care in your dealings with this man. Mr Carswell is a lot more dangerous than you might think. Well, he has no way of reaching me directly. He can write all the letters he wants. It won't do him any good. Really, Mr Dunning? I don't think you understand what you are dealing with. Mr Carswell is a very persistent man. Your concern really is very touching, Miss Harrington, but please don't trouble yourself. I'm quite sure I can handle the likes of Mr Carswell. Now, if you don't mind, I have a great deal of work to attend to. Good day, Miss Harrington. There are more things in heaven and earth, Mr Dunning, than I dreamt of in your philosophy. How can you be so arrogant? Good day. It's only arrogance, Miss Harrington, if you're wrong. She was, uh, well, I wouldn't mind a few visitors like her. You're lucky you're not married. You'd be careful what you wish for if I were you, Gaten. Oh, why? And what was all that about, then? Oh, nothing, really. She was asking me about this Carswell fellow. Oh, Mr Carswell. Well, we never hear the end of him. Who was she, then, and what has she to do with Carswell? She told me I should take great care in my dealings with Mr Carswell. Mm. Said her name was Harrington. Rebecca Harrington. Oh, well, that explains it. What do you mean? Do you remember a book that came out a couple of years ago? A History of Witchcraft. Yes. Yes, I believe I do. Awful. Terrible piece of work. And do you remember who the author of that book was? Oh, no. I... Wait. It wasn't... It was Mr Carswell. Exactly so. Exactly so. The book, as you may remember, got the most appalling reviews. And the author of the most incisive of the lot was a man named John Harrington. <laughs> I see. Yes. I wouldn't remember his name quite so clearly were it not for the inquest that happened not l long afterwards. Inquest? What happened? Well, he fell out of a tree and broke his neck. His sister, as I recall, insisted there was foul play, wouldn't l let it go, according to the papers, even when the verdict of accidental death was returned. I suppose that explains her visit. Evidently she still hasn't let it go. He knows a frightful fiend Doth close behind him tread Walks, walks, and no more turns his head Because he knows a frightful fiend Doth close behind him tread Good afternoon, Mr. Dunning. Good afternoon, Mrs. Johnson. I'm returning these books, thank you. And I believe you have some manuscripts for me. 
And may I have Harley 3586, please? Oh, yes, of course, Mr Dunning. Wait here a moment. I'll just go and fetch it. Here are the other manuscripts in the meantime, sir. Thank you. Miss that one. Thank you. You're welcome. Good afternoon. Harley 3586, sir. Oh, yes, thank you. Tell me, Mrs. Johnson, do you happen to know who that gentleman was? Oh, that's Mr. Carswell. As a matter of fact, he was asking me just a week ago who were the great authorities on alchemy. And of course, I told him you were the only one in the country. I'll see if I can catch him. He'd like to meet you, I'm sure. Oh, no, for heaven's sake, don't dream of it. I'm particularly anxious to avoid the man. Oh, very well. He doesn't come here often. I dare say you won't meet him. Goodbye, Mr. Dunning. Goodbye, Mrs. Johnson. Walks on and no more turns his head Because he knows a frightful fiend Doth close behind him tread A strange looking poster What earth is it for? Memory John Harrington Three days were allowed Tickets please I beg your pardon. I was just looking at that poster. It's a very odd one, isn't it? I was wondering whether you could tell me who's responsible for putting them up. Well, that's something at the company's office, sir, that is. Which one is it you're particularly interested in? It's this one. Here. That's the window, sir. I don't see any posters there. You, uh, got a ticket, have you? Oh, uh, yes. Yes, sorry. Of course. Thank you. Dunning, we invite to express our deep gratitude for your contribution. We invite you to speak. That can wait. Thank you. 
neuf. In memory of John Harrington, three days were allowed. What do we have in here? picture. Some kind of etching. Looks like Buick, perhaps. Rather a dull one there. A man walking along a path by moonlight. Harrington. Hmm. How very strange. Do you have a minute? Of course. What is it? I wanted to ask you about something you mentioned yesterday. I was wondering if you remember anything about John Harrington. Any other details about the inquest? Yes. Yes, as a matter of fact, I remember it quite well. It was such an odd case. Here was this man, quite well respected. Successful in his field. All of a sudden he starts behaving most unusually. Paranoid. Short-tempered, complaining to the police about being followed. Not l long afterwards, he's found dead in Victoria Park with a broken neck. Witnesses say he was running about the place, screaming l like a madman, shouting for help. Something about being pursued and why wouldn't they help him? Then, dressed in his regular suit, he climbs up a tree as if his l life depended on it. As he got up close to the top, a branch gave way under his weight, and that was that. How dreadful. Yes. No sense of it was made in the hearing, although the suggestion was that he must have taken to drink or something. As I said before, his sister insisted there was foul play, but there was no evidence of anything l like that. Why the sudden interest? Well, after Miss Harrington's visit yesterday, I had a most unusual evening. On my train on the way home, I could have sworn I saw John Harrington's name on a poster in the carriage. When I looked again, the poster was gone. Then, when I was at home, someone knocked on my door late into the evening. When I opened it, there was no one there. But I found a package, together with a note bearing John Harrington's name. Good heavens. And what was in it? See for yourself. walks on and turns no more his head because he knows a frightful fiend doth close behind him tread. Oh, from the ancient mariner, isn't it? Yes, exactly. What do you make of the picture? Young man walking along a moonlit road and some figure following him in the dark. What? What figure? There, in the background. It's hard to make out exactly what it is, but there's definitely something there. Fascinating. When I looked at this last night, Gaden, it was late. I was tired, I admit, but there was no figure in the background. Really? What do you think it could be? I'm not sure. Perhaps some kind of special ink that only reveals itself after a time. Some kind of magic trick or other. What does all this mean? Do you think this woman is trying to scare you? I don't know, Gaden. I don't know. Yet, 
but I intend to find out. Thank you, Kate. She's certainly very troubled. Oh, Gayton. Yes, Mr. Dunning? Could you find me her address, please? Of course, Mr. Dunning. Walks on and no more turns his head Because he knows a frightful fiend Doth close behind him tread I have to admit I was very surprised you called, Mr. Dunning. Although I'm glad you did. You may not be so glad in a moment, Miss Harrington. What is it, Mr. Dunning? What's happened? Don't be coy, Miss Harrington. Do you recognise this picture? No. What do you mean? I found it on my doorstep last night, along with this note. Mr Dunning, I don't understand. This paper is blank. Don't play games with me, Miss Harrington. I've had just about enough of this. Mr Dunning, please, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, so you weren't on my train last night. And then I get at my door to deliver that picture. Mr. Dunning, I wasn't on any train and I've never seen this horrible picture before in my life. It's changed. It's changed again. The figure is closer. Mr. Dunning, I don't know why you came here today, but I believe it may have something Miss to Harrington, do. I don't know how you're doing this or why, but I will find out, and when I do... Mr. Dunning, sit down. My brother was a great music lover and used to run up to concerts in town. He came back three days before he died from one of these and gave me his concert programme to look at. He always kept them. Later that night, as he was putting it away with the others, he found quite near the beginning a strip of paper with some very strange writing on it in red and black, most carefully done. It looked to me more like runic letters than anything else. Why, he said, this must belong to my odd neighbour. My brother explained that he had lost his own programme and that the man sitting next to him had offered him his as a replacement. My brother was concerned the paper may have been important to the man and so decided he would look out for him to return it at the next concert. The paper was lying on the table and we were both by the fire when suddenly a gust, a warm gust it was, came between us took the paper and blew it straight into the fire. It flared and went up the chimney in a single ash. Well, I said, you can't give it back now. He said nothing for a minute, and then rather crossly, no, I can't, but why you should keep on saying so, I don't know. I remarked that I didn't say it more than once. Not more than four times, you mean, was all he said. I remember all that very clearly. I believe that the odd man at the concert was Mr. Carswell, and so did my brother. The following day, he tried to reach Carswell several times by telephone and became increasingly irritable and paranoid. Until the next day, he drove to Lafford Abbey himself. Mr. Carswell, I'm glad you could finally find the time to speak to me. I know you've been avoiding my phone calls. Come in, Mr. Harrington. Do sit down. No, I don't want to sit down. I'm just here to get this business straightened out. 
You're behind it, aren't you? Whatever do you mean? Oh, don't give me that. I know what you're doing and it won't work. Whatever tricks you're playing at, I know you're behind them. I know you've got someone following me. Don't think you can simply bully me into submission. <laughs> well, I won't stand for it. I've called the police. I've told them something's going on. I stand by what I said about your book. I don't have to take this from the likes of you. Is that so? Look, look, I'm a reasonable man. What can I do? The review is in print. I can't very well take it back. And I certainly can't print a retraction. My reputation. Yes. Please, please, we are educated men. Surely we can find a way to. I'll have you arrested for this. They'll lock you up. You and your ridiculous book. Goodbye, Mr. Harrington. You won't get away with this. Carswell! 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 I spoke to my brother only once after that. He was raving, inconsolable. By the following evening, he was dead. Forgive me, Mr. Dunning. I don't know if you ever looked at that book of Carswell's which my unfortunate brother reviewed. I did. One chapter in particular struck me, in which he spoke of casting the runes on people, either for the purpose of gaining their affection or for getting them out of the way. He spoke of all this in a very sinister manner, which seemed to imply actual knowledge. I know that the paper was of importance, and I am sure that if my brother had been able to give it back, he might have been alive now. I was in the library yesterday afternoon, knocked some papers to the floor. I picked them up and thought I had them all when a man I didn't recognise tapped me on the shoulder and handed me a file. I accepted it and he left. When I asked the librarian who the man was, she told me it was Carswell. Then Carswell did actually hand you some papers. Have you examined them? No. Because we must look at them at once, very carefully. Where are they? Do you have them with you? Well, yes. Oh, they're here. But really, Miss Harrington, it's just a collection of manuscripts that I... Wait. What's this? Tucked between them. I thought so. It might be the identical thing that was given to my brother. Dunning, this may mean something quite serious for you. Fascinating. This is runic lettering, certainly, but from several different periods. It looks as though someone has taken great care of this. Mr. Dunning, if my understanding is correct, you must return this paper as quickly as you uh, possibly yes, can. Yes, yes, uh, thank you. Thank you, Miss Harrington. Before I do anything else, I must take this for further examination. Uh, thank you. Fascinating. I'm very sorry to hear what happened to your brother, but I assure you there is nothing supernatural about it. Your brother may have been persecuted by this Carswell, frightened out of his wits by the power of suggestion, expert trickery. If Mr. Carswell is indeed behind this, I will get to the bottom of it. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Harrington, for bringing this to my attention. Mr. Dunning, please. I really don't think that you should Don't go... worry, Miss Harrington. As soon as I know more, I will be in touch. Good afternoon.
Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. May I remind you that anyone who has not already handed in their paper on the application of cold reading, it is now overdue. Now, I know you're expecting to hear about the history and significance of witch doctors in tribal culture, but I have something rather more exciting that I'd like to talk to you about first this afternoon. As you'll all be aware, I have debunked and exposed many so-called mediums, psychics, and sorcerers. It's very rare that I find anything of any real interest or significance. However, earlier today, I believe I came across exactly such a thing. Some weeks ago, a man named Carswell submitted a paper to this institution, a poorly written article making the most ridiculous claims of alchemical ability, which I dismissed. Mr. Carswell, it seems, has taken exception to this and now seeks to frighten me into believing that he has some previously unknown mastery of witchcraft and magic. He would have me believe that he is responsible for the accidental death of a man who gave his work a bad review in the past, and that such a fate awaits me if I do not concede to his demands for publication. So far, his techniques have been relatively simple. A whispered name, not worthy of explanation. A knock on the door and a package left on my doorstep late at night. Little more than a child's prank. A poster bearing the dead man's name that appeared and then vanished in the window of my carriage on the train. Perhaps a variant of the card through glass trick, requiring little more than some wax, a distraction, and a willing assistant on the platform. A picture that seems to change from one viewing to the next. Most likely some variant of reactive ink that reveals more of the image the more the paper is exposed to light. Now, I know, I know, so far, so what? Nothing really new here. Some imaginative applications, perhaps, but still. However, it seems Mr. Carswell wishes me to believe I have been cursed in some way. And to this end, he has gone to the trouble of planting a strip of paper among my possessions. A strip of paper bearing a quite remarkable collection of runes and lettering, flawlessly inscribed with the greatest care and attention. The variations and combinations of these runes are highly unusual and include some that I've never seen before, although judging by their roots, they are certainly authentic. From this, I can only assume that Mr. Carswell's understanding and education on these matters far surpasses his talents as a writer. And this leads me to believe that he may yet provide a challenge of some interest before his fakery is revealed. I intend to examine these runic letters later today, and they may provide us with some very interesting subject matter for future discussions. For those of you with a particular interest in arcane graphology, do feel free to come and see me in a day or two, and I'll be happy to share whatever I find. Now, unless there are any questions, let's proceed as planned. The Witch Doctor. Sham or shame? Here's the book you asked for, Mr. Dunning. Is there anything else? Eh? Oh, uh, yes, uh, thank you, Mrs. Johnson, thank you. I must say you seem very excited about something this evening, Mr. Dunning. Anything of interest? I should say so, Mrs. Johnson. Even more than I anticipated. It's fascinating. I think this proves a connection between Frisian and Dalekalian rooms that we could never have matched. Oh, I see. Very good, Mr. Dunning. 
I'm sorry, Mrs. Johnson. I tend to get a little carried away. The simplest way I can explain it is almost as if we're discovering a new language, one never read before. Oh my! Well, that is exciting, Mr. Downing, and no mistake. Yes, exactly. Uh, one more thing, Mrs. Johnson. Do you, uh, do you have a copy of Brata's Runenskrifter? Of course, Mr. Downing. I'll go and find it for you. Brata. Of course, this room here, it's not what, it's who. Who is this who is coming? Here's the brighter for you. <clears throat> and now, if that's all, Mr. Dunning, I'll have to ask you to be on your way for this evening, I'm afraid. It is a little past the time I should be locking up anyway, you see, and I, I don't mind, of course. Oh, yes, really, uh, I must... yes, of course. Of course, Mrs. Johnson, I'm, I'm so sorry. It's very rude of me. I didn't mean to keep you. You know, you know how it is. I, I get so wrapped up in what I'm doing. Oh, not at all, Mr. Dunning. Not a problem at all. And what about the other gentleman? I'm sorry? The other gentleman, Mr. Dunning. The man you came in with. I assumed he was off in the shelves. Somewhere. I came here alone, Mrs. Johnson. You... No, but I could have sworn I said... I came here alone. I must just be tired, Mr. Dunning. Yes, tired, that'll be it. My mind playing tricks on me. Good night, Mr. Dunning. Yes. Good night, Mrs. Johnson. Ridiculous. For God's sake, man. Bit of grip. Who is this? Who is coming?
afternoon, Mr. Dunny. Mr. Dunny, are you all right? Huh? Gaten, are you alone? There's no one outside. Come in, come in. Yes, of course, Mr. Dunny. Are you quite sure you're all right? Yes, perfectly all right. Thank you, Gaten. I've been trying to reach our friend Carswell. But can you believe it seems he won't take my calls? <laughs> I've been doing some digging, though, and I found some very interesting things indeed. He bought Lufford Abbey a few years back, although nobody seems to know how he had the means to do so, which is odd in itself. He's not well liked. <clears throat> I've spoken to several people from the area. The local vicar told me that not long ago, Carswell offered to put on an event for the village children. Apparently, he showed them a series of slides, the like of which the vicar had never seen before. They began, innocently enough, with a depiction of Red Riding Hood. But quickly they became more and more terrifying until at last they showed a small boy in the grounds of Lufford Abbey at night. And this poor boy was followed and at last pursued and torn to pieces by a horrible creature in black. Of course, this was too much. The vicar tried to stop the show, but Carswell switched on another slide and showed a great mass of insects, spiders, centipedes and disgusting creatures with wings. And somehow or other made it seem as though they were coming out of the picture and in amongst the audience. All of this was accompanied by a dry, scratching noise that sent the children stampeding out of the room. There was a good deal of trouble in the village afterwards, it seems, but apparently Carswell locked the gates of the abbey and would let no one in. Mr Dunning, you really don't look at all well. Uh, please, I can finish up what needs to be done here. You should go home, get some rest, or perhaps you should take a walk. <laughs> I can manage here. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Yes, a walk, yes. Yes, good man, Gaten. Good man. Too many, too many people here. Too many distractions. Yes. Yes, a walk. Yes. A walk. Walks on and turns no more his head. Walks on and turns no more his head. Who is this? 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 Who is this?
have done it. Miss Harrington, I'm so sorry to call on you like this. I didn't. And you were right. I can't explain this any. Mr. Dunning, Edward, I think you should sit down. Here, let me take your coat. Miss Harrington. Rebecca. Rebecca. Remember? And you are Edward. Yes. Yes. Edward. Rebecca, last night something was with me. I know it. I felt something there in the dark. Edward, listen to me. There's no time. There's no time. I can feel it. I can feel it with me, a hot breath upon my neck. Edward, listen to me. Listen to me. Tell me exactly, as best you can remember, what time did you meet Carswell that day in the library? What time did he hand you those papers? It must have been about six. That, that's the time I told Mrs. Johnson I would come in to collect the manuscripts I'd ordered. It, it was about six. Good. Very good. Let me get you some water. And there's still time. Time? Time for what? Where is it? It must be here somewhere. Whatever happened to my brother, it took exactly three days to the very minute for him to meet his end. Oh, the inside pocket. If your fate is indeed the same, then we still have time. Edward, I have studied his book. Yes, here. If you wish to survive, we must find a way to return the rooms to Mr. Carswell. And what's more, he must take them willingly. It's Friday. It's, it's Friday. I, I was told that Carswell has somewhere in Ashbrook on the coast. That he travels out there every Friday. I hear he always gets the five o'clock train from Victoria. Good, Edward. Here, take your coat. We must go. Now. be on this train? I'm not sure. When I telephoned Lufford Abbey, they said he wasn't at home. This is our best hope. Stay here. I'll go and see if he's aboard. to read my paper. I've finished with it. No, thank you. Sherbet lemons. I'm afraid I'm quite addicted. Did you like them? Very kind. But no. Thank you. Is this your stop? Yes. Goodbye, my dear. Goodbye. Excuse me. You dropped your tickets. Oh, thank you. Goodbye. Mr. Carswell, 
Oh my god! It's there! Right there! Behind him! Rebecca, they're gone. I, I can't find them anywhere. It's done. It's him. Oh my God, that's him. Carswell. He fell. He fell onto the tracks. It's done, Edward. He can't hurt you anymore. He can't hurt anyone anymore. But how? I took them. I took the runes from your coat pocket at my house. I took them of my own free will, so they were mine to give away. Edward, it's done. Oh, Rebecca, I'm sorry. You were right. I should have listened to you from the start. I'm so sorry. Thank you. Well, Edward, Professor, perhaps if I come to your next lecture, I'll find you a little more open-minded. <laughs> yes. Yes, I think perhaps you would. And I'd be very glad to see you there. Oh, I don't know. I'm sure it'll be terribly dull. But how about that lunch? Peace flies by. Why don't you shoot? Thank you for listening to Bogstail Soup's adaptation of Casting the Runes. This production was originally adapted for the stage from the short stories of M. R. James and has been reimagined for audio. It was performed by Noel Byrne and Antonia Christophers. Original music composed and performed by Dan Melrose with Dave Carden and Aidan Smith. Hi again. Thanks for listening to the show, and we really hope you enjoyed it. If you've already decided to help us, you can skip this part, but if not, I'm here to remind you. With all our performances cancelled, Boxtail Soup's future is a little uncertain at the moment. You can help us in one of three ways. First, if you can afford to, please consider becoming a patron. That means making a regular donation to Boxtail Soup, which helps to keep the company going and also gives you a few special perks just for patrons. Second, if you enjoyed the show but can't become a patron, then maybe you could give us a one-off donation. Think of it like the price of a ticket, only you get to decide the price of that ticket. Third, if you enjoyed it but you can't make a donation, then help us spread the word. Hit like, subscribe, leave a comment, tell your friends, share the show and help us reach more audience. Thanks for listening, and with your help, we'll see you in a theatre again someday soon.